You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can find me on Twitter at John9Williams. And joining me today, as he does every day, is former Oklahoma Sooners offensive lineman David Walker. You can find David on Twitter at D underscore Walk74, and you can also hear him on the Iron Horse Podcast. David, how are we doing today, sir? I'm doing good, man. I'm pretty sure I'm Cyber monday out, so, you know, get all those deals in. And uh, got some buzzer beaters there at the last minute. So, yeah, I feel pretty good about that Cyber Monday work that we put in. So, yeah, I don't have the attention span to look through Cyber Monday or Black Friday deals on the internet. It just, it, it bogs me down. I, I, especially on Amazon, I could scroll on there forever and not really find anything that I'm looking for. So, more power <laughs> to you. Well, when I say we, I, I actually ordered one item on all of my own. The rest uh, I, I outsourced to, uh, to my, Lovely bride. So yes, they have they have more skills at those things. No so, doubt. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about Oklahoma football. Let's talk about some of the skills that they have because they're playing pretty good football right now. Although they were off this past weekend, they were trending in the right direction. And so we want to ask the question: If things were to go right and the Oklahoma Sooners were to win their final two regular season games, win the Big Twelve championship, do we think Oklahoma can make the college football playoff? Man, that's an interesting question because I can remember we had J.D. Runnels on a few weeks ago and J.D. was talking about, man, you know, he just he was thinking, you know, we're going to win out and we're going to be find our way back in the playoff. And and at the time I was thinking like, man, I don't think that's even a possibility at all. Uh And then now if you start really looking at the rankings and who's in front of Oklahoma and what Oklahoma has in front of it as far as their schedule left and, you know, process of elimination and things like that. I mean, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think ESPN gave like a, gave them a 2% chance in their most recent little article about the, you know, the, the, the quote unquote contenders. So they were the, at the bottom of, they're the last team listed at the bottom of the pack. But yeah, I, I do think it's possible, uh, probable, no possible yes what what's your take yeah i'm kind of with you on that if i were to put a percentage on it right now i'd probably say something like 20 percent chance that they they make it a lot would have to go right for them to even sniff the conversation i feel like at this point i mean i think that there's still a lot of teams that are more highly thought of that are ahead of them that would have to lose once, at least once, maybe two more, two times for Oklahoma to kind of be in the conversation. You know, you look at a team like Clemson, they do have a loss, but again, that's a team that's very, very highly thought of. They'd have to lose in a regular season game and maybe even the ACC championship game. And I think that's very unlikely to happen. Or you look at a team like Notre Dame, they're undefeated. Would what would one loss be enough for them to be knocked out of the college football playoff picture? I don't think so. I think you know a, a one loss Texas A and M team probably has a better shot at making the college football playoff. If there's you know a at large team that didn't win their conference, I think they've probably got the best opportunity to do that right now. Uh, yeah, I just don't. I, I 
I'm very kind of pessimistic at their chances there, but who knows? I mean, it's been a really, really strange college football play, college football season. And I mean, we don't even know what's going to happen with Ohio state and the big 10 at this point. And so there's still a lot of kind of balls in the air to come down and, and see kind of where they land. Uh, what, if you were to put a percentage on it, what would you think is kind of the, the likelihood? Well, since you went 20%, I guess if I did the prices right rules and <laughs> I just went 1%, $1, Bob. Uh, no, I, I think I would say somewhere around 10 to 12, I'll say 12%. I, I don't like even regular 10, uh, 15, 20, 25 numbers. I, I like to just go real specific. So I'm going to go 12 percentile. Yeah. And I think here's here's the things I see that need to happen. You mentioned Ohio State and the Big Ten. I, I think, you know, I, I'm not sitting here pulling for Ohio State to have another game canceled, but whether I, I want them to or not, it, they are as likely to have a game canceled as other people are of getting upset. I mean, I feel like it's almost like there's this secondary, you know, when you look at the the landscape of college football, it's like, okay, you're pulling for an upset. And there's all these different paths. Usually it's like, okay, for, for us to make a, a jump, you need somebody in front of you to get beat. Well, now it's really weird because I think Indiana sitting there in a situation, I was listening to uh, uh, Danny Cannell on the radio this morning talking about, you know, Indiana is in a situation where they almost, the only way they can win the Big Ten is if Ohio State gets disqualified by another cancellation. Mm-hmm. So Indiana sitting there like, are they – it, that's a weird position to be in where you're like, well, hey, if they have a game canceled, we get to be the default division winner. But I think at some point, Ohio State and the Big Ten itself, they're going to they're gonna probably be in a real bind because they kind of backed themselves into that corner. They did the 21 days of, of you know, with contact tracing, all the different testing things that they did. And they, they set this minimum requirement. That I don't know if any of their teams are going to be able to fill them, mm-hmm. any of their contenders. I mean, you're really looking at Ohio State is – I mean, Northwestern, I guess, could win out and Indiana could win out, but they just lost their quarterback. Uh, they just said he's out for the year. So Indiana's – you know, they're a Cinderella story to begin with. But I don't know. I, I think Ohio State would have to have something crazy happen to get booted out. I feel like Notre Dame would have to beat Clemson a second time to – make Clemson be, be on the fringe. And if Clemson's sitting there, you know, with two losses, they lost to Notre Dame twice. Are you going to put them in the final four where Notre Dame has to beat them three times to win a national championship? Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Because that could easily be the matchup, right? If, I mean, Notre Dame can maybe be number one and Clemson's number four, so you can make them turn around and play them again. So I think that would eliminate Clemson. I don't think they would care about Trevor Lawrence not playing the first game. So I think Clemson would be out in that scenario. I think Texas A&M with one loss, they don't have the cachet that Alabama had when they got in as a one-loss non-division winner. So I don't think that A&M is a lock for that. Florida would potentially have a second loss to Alabama. I don't think Florida gets to turn around and lose the SEC championship and get in. So I I think there are some situations that could happen where Oklahoma could do that, but they need Iowa State to probably be like a, a number eight, number nine team when they play them in the Big 12 championship game they would have a chance to avenge their, you know, one of their losses committee would like that, but I don't know. I say 12%. Yeah. It, there's so much that could, that has to go right. I mean, 
ESPN's projection of 2% is probably what needs is really is the reality. I mean, we're being a little bit optimistic, I think, and there's a lot of scenarios that could play out where Oklahoma does find themselves in the conversation at the end of the season. You know, there's still three games left to play and those three games can go a long way in, in the eyes of the voters. Who knows? Uh, you know, you, you beat Baylor by a lot. You go into Iowa State and you avenge that loss in Arlington and who knows? And depending on how you play against Iowa State, I think that'll that'll tell the tale about how high you can climb in the college football playoff rankings. Yeah. But coming up, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, well, they've also got to go to Morgantown. Yeah, you know, that was going to be a time opportunity. So if you have a prime time Saturday night win over Baylor and you do it impressively, you go to Morgantown, who has the number one defense in the Big Twelve, and you beat them impressively on the road, and then you go avenge your loss in Arlington and you win a sixth straight Big Twelve championship, and now you've won eight in a row. And you've got a, you know, a handful of ranked wins on your resume that some of these schools like an A&M, they're going to have the Florida win and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Florida is going to have quality losses and that's it. So I, I think there's going to be a chance that this time last year, or you know, nobody thought Oklahoma was going to make the playoff when there was three or four games left in the season. And they just, they just kind of hung around. So right. we've seen it many a time. I'm not saying it's probable, but I am saying it's possible. So Hey, let's just hang in there and see what happens. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> you're telling me there's a chance. That's right. That's right. One in a million. One in a million. Uh, more like one in a billion. Yeah, but hey, you talked about quality. In the next segment, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about quality players. And we're going to ask the question, who's the most underrated player on the 2020 Sooners team? We had a lot of great responses on our Twitter account. So make sure you go and follow us at Locked On Sooners on Twitter. We ask the hard-hitting questions over there. Now, I love some of y'all's responses, and we'll talk about that coming up in the next segment. But first, let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? Well, College Football Saturday is offered the perfect opportunity to watch football and chill with the only beer that's made to chill, Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Even though there are fewer teams playing on Saturdays, there are still plenty of games and other sports going on to give you the opportunity to relax and have a beer. So whether you're having a beer with friends, cooking some meat on the grill, winding down from working in the yard, or watching a full slate of college football games on Saturday, make sure you reach for the official beer of watching any sport or team just to have a beer. So when you want to reset from a long work day, or to enjoy while taking in your favorite team, reach for the beer that's made to chill. You can now get Coors Light in its new look delivered straight to your door by going to get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And now in this segment, Sooners fans, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about who is the most underrated player on the 2020 Sooners. We spent a ton of time talking about the big names, the stars, the guys that are catching all the headlines. And but we want to know, David, who to you has been the most underrated player on this 2020 team? You know, I thought I kind of knew that question, knew the answer to that question, John. And then as the day kind of went along and 
our our listeners and our followers on Twitter started chiming in and you know weighing in on this topic. There are some that kind of has escaped me, and one of them is a a familiar face on the podcast or a familiar name on the podcast for us. A name that kept coming up was Drake Stoops, mm-hmm. and you know we love Drake Stoops. Uh, I I love the the grit, the toughness, the heart, the lineage, the the OU DNA personified. I love the way he plays. I mean, again, Bedlam, you know, he's, he was in motion all night. Right. And there's all these jokes that somewhere on campus, Drake Stoops is still in motion right now. And there's all the downfield blocking. So I I think that Drake Stoops, what he's done all year long is he always seems to make one really tough catch. He usually only gets one catch a game, maybe two, but every catch he makes, it's a tough catch. It's not a, a wide open. He has to go compete for a catch. He blocks downfield. He engages. Like I said, he he does the little things. Uh, If every player on the roster did the little things as well as Drake Stoops does, this is a national championship football program, period, because he is the master of the little things. So to me, Drake Stoops is one of those guys, and his name kept popping up, but that's just one. There's a few. What, What were some of the ones that stood out to you? Uh, Jeremiah Hall kind of stands out initially. I mean, he catches he catches touchdowns, but again, talking about a guy who does a lot of the little things and does a lot of those little things well. I mean, you're not asking him to to be targeted six, seven times a game, but on the few targets he does get a game, the one or two, he makes things happen with those. And I mean, I think broadcasts probably bring him out quite a bit, but I mean, the H-back position has long been an – I don't even want to say underrated because we talk about it a lot. You know, they've had a lot of success, whether it was Dimitri Flowers or uh, Jeremiah Hall, you know, all these guys that they've run through the program that have had a lot of success playing that H-back position for Lincoln Riley. They just, they played really, really good football for the Sooners and they found a way to use those kind of bigger, you know, not quite a tight end, not quite a, a halfback fullback guy. And, make them very, very useful in this offense. And so, yeah, he, Jeremiah Hall is one that stood out to me. Another guy that stood out was Brian Osamoah. You know, I don't think we talk enough about the linebacker play really, you know, between him and David Aguebu. They're just solid guys. You know, they're solid players. You know, they're not the Kenneth Murray's uh, or, or Teddy Lehman's who are out there making plays every time that they're on the field and you, and you notice them almost every time, but they're solid, you know, like the defensive resurgence couldn't happen unless the linebacker play was also solid. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I think that's that's something that's really stood out to me. And then one person that we should we should mention is uh, is Annie Hansen. You know, somebody brought her into the conversation. Uh, the vice president for recruiting, or sorry, assistant AD for recruiting at OU. And um, yeah, I thought that was a great answer because a lot of the social media aspects and the uh, really the media aspects of Oklahoma Sooners football and really the athletic department in general has kind of rolled through her. Yeah, no, I, that's a that was a a wild card right there, mm-hmm. Annie Hansen. And man, I have been an advocate of hers for years now. And I think going back to when Lincoln took the job, that was the biggest noticeable difference in the program was Lincoln Riley being a younger coach, mm-hmm. being in tune with social media. He recognized where they were lacking and where they could gain a competitive edge. He got Annie involved. He put a good team together that out, he outsourced all of that. I mean, he, the head coach can't run the social media department. I mean, it's just, right. it is a, a full-time job and she kills it. Mm-hmm. And 
there's just a, a great body of work over the last few years of things that she does that her team has put together. But yeah, I think Brian Osamoa, that was a great answer. Uh, uh, our guy on Twitter at Asbel underscore Tony chimed in with, with Osamoa and he even backed it up by putting up the defensive stat line on there with, I mean, Osamoa leads the team in tackles with 48 mm-hmm. and, you know, behind him is a, a considerable drop off. Woody Washington at 34 tackles behind Osamoa. So yeah, the linebacking, the core of the linebackers, you know, with, with white, with Osamoa, with Aguebu, Yes, they they don't get the fanfare that the that the D line has received, but like you said, yeah, you can't have a, a bad level in the middle, right? The the secondary has improved, the defensive line is dominant, but that that middle ground out there in the linebacker, then they they have done the job. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that I'm glad they brought up Osamoa. I think that's a, that was a good one. Another one I, I thought on the defensive side of the football, we give Ronnie Perkins a lot of love. We've given Isaiah Thomas a lot of love, but Perion Winfrey is developing into kind of that war daddy in the middle that, that you have to have. So, I mean, I think that as the season has gone on, you know, Sooner fans went from kind of thinking like, Hey, is he pretty good? Is he going to be good to, I hope he's not too good. I hope we get having back next year. So yeah, Perry on Winfrey is another one for me. Yeah. And then another guy, Nick Bonito, I think coming into the season, I expected a lot of, a lot from him. Uh, as your edge rusher, that designated rusher. And he kind of got off to a slow start, but I think he's really picked up as the games have gone along, especially with Ronnie Perkins back. So much of the pressure to perform and produce has kind of been taken off of his shoulders a little bit and thrust onto Ronnie Perkins. And yeah, and and he's really stood out in the last few games. He's, He's put pressure on the quarterback. He's getting sacks. And again, it's just another big defensive component there. Um, And then another, another one that I really, Another response I really liked uh, was the the COVID protocol czar. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Harris at J Bruce Harris mentioned him on Twitter, and, he's, and I thought, yeah, that's a great that's a great answer because yeah. up until this week, Oklahoma hadn't had any problems with contact tracing or positive tests, anything like that that had caused them to uh, you know miss a game. And so, yeah, that, that's been a very important person this season as well. Obviously, not a player, but he's played an important role in yeah. the Oklahoma Sooner season. Another wild card. Like you said, I mean, that, that is a great take because, you know, as guys that cover the team week in, week out, we kind of got spoiled with the the run of, of success on that, that side. Of, you know, I'm sorry to say that side of the football on that side of the house, the, the COVID right. testing side of the house. But yeah, I'll give one more that his name just kept popping up and popping up. And it's a guy we've been talking about for weeks really started to emerge, had one play against Texas that kind of caught people's eye and has got a little more as, as the season's unfolded, but that's Mikey Henderson. Mm-hmm. And at EJ Sooner on Twitter, even threw in the uh, the live cereal commercial of he likes it. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Mikey, he likes it. So uh, shout out to, her, to EJ Sooner for that. But yeah, Mikey Henderson's another one that I, I'm, I don't even know if we can call him underrated at this point point it might be more is he underutilized because every time he touches a football good things happen but I think that's something right now that there's the good thing for Oklahoma is they have so many weapons they're spreading the ball around and when guys get an opportunity they give you something that they kind of leave you wanting more you know you want more touches for Theo Weiss you want more Marvin Mims you want more Mikey Henderson you want more Ramondre and I think that's a good thing it shows the depth they are 
in a place with that H back position where they're they're H back U. We got quarterback U, we got OLU, we got H back U as well for those hybrid guys that may not be seen as vital or important to a program. Lincoln Riley's like, I got a place for you. I know exactly how to use you in this offense. And he he's got tons of film to show it to these guys. And uh, that's, that's such a great question. So keep giving us your responses. We'll continue to talk about that over on our Twitter account at Locked On Sooners. So make sure you follow us over there. But coming up in the next segment, we're going to spend a little time talking recruiting news. A couple big nuggets came down today that might need to be kept track of. At some point, we'll ask our guy Parker Thune about those on a later show because these are two big names that might have Oklahoma Crimson and Cream on one day. And we'll talk about that coming up here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. But first, I want to take a moment to tell you about Built Go. Built Go is the energy boost you need to replace your energy drinks. Do you have a wall that you bump up against throughout your day? Well, the people that brought you the fastest growing protein bar, Built Bar, now have a way to give you the energy you need to break through your wall. Whether it's to finish out your workday, provide extra energy for your workout, or to have the energy needed for your back nine, Built Go's packets of protein plus vitamins helps get the nutrients into your system quickly. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and a longer lasting result. Built Go comes in three amazing flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. It's the portable, longer-lasting energy supplement that improves your energy and promotes your health. Use the promo code LOCKED and save 30% off your first order by going to BuiltGo.com. That's BuiltGo.com. Let's go! Hey there, Sooners Nation. If you are an NFL fan and you like the Locked On Podcast Network, make sure you go check out Locked On NFL. Because every Tuesday at Locked On NFL, Luke Braun and Ross Jackson break down the Monday night football action and top fantasy storylines around the NFL with the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. Luke and Ross are joined every Tuesday by a Locked On Fantasy expert to help you save your lineup with waiver wire pickups, must-starts, and more. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And coming up in this segment, let's talk a little bit of recruiting news. A couple different nuggets came down the pipeline on Twitter today. If you if you missed them, uh, we want to talk about them here with you. Uh, and one, the biggest note is that uh, five-star wide receiver Emeka Egbuka will be coming to Norman for a visit, which notably 2021 top quarterback Caleb Williams lives in Norman and will be there as well. And so the the top recruiter for the seniors program right now has another big time recruit coming to Norman for a visit. And it just seems like the Oklahoma wide receiver position couldn't get any deeper, but here we are yet again, talking about potentially the best wide receiver in the 2021 class maybe landing with with Oklahoma. How huge is that for this program? Well, it's, and again, it's a testament to Lincoln Riley, what he has done, what he has built, the receivers he has churned out, that it's it's something like you said, you you start to think, you know, I mean, to answer your question, it is, of course, it's huge to have the number one player in any position visiting campus for a game to get him in there. Uh, But what that wide receiver position has become is like you, you mentioned in the last segment, you know, their, their QBU, their offensive line, U, their H back, you, well, man, wide receiver. I mean, DD Westbrook, Marquise Brown, CD lamb. Now you've got just a, a plethora of guys that are, are showing out on any given night. The depth is very apparent. I mean, they've had a really nice season and Hazelwood has barely played. I mean, one of the, and, and, you know, they still have the the situation with Bridges. So they brought in, you know, t- 
you can never have enough receivers, John, because just look at that last class, for example. They brought in Hazelwood, Bridges, and Weiss, right? Well, two years in, it's really just Theo Weiss right now, right? So, I mean, for you can say injuries, you can say off the field stuff. Both of those are true. But for whatever reason, regardless of Bridges' situation, Theo Weiss is the only guy answering the bell right now consistently out of that group. So, even though they have some big time commitments, this guy coming in, you know, it, when he looks at this this roster, he has to evaluate his own ability and not really be worried about who else is already signed or who else is going to sign in a couple of weeks. Because if you're that dude and you're the number one guy in America, you feel like you're wide receiver one on whatever campus you're going to step on. Mm-hmm. So the, to me, it's, if you're a wide receiver, I, I look at it this way. This is why I have confidence that he's going he's gonna to be a Sooner. And I don't think there's any reason to think he wouldn't be. Because if you're a wide receiver in America right now, and you want to go to a program where you're going to be showcased, where you're going to get the football, where you're going to have elite quarterback play, elite offensive line play to allow said quarterback to be elite, and good running backs, and really every single thing that you want in an offense, where else are you going to go? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, what, what other program are you going to say, oh, well, they actually have a better situation than I would have in Norman? I don't, I can't see one. I'm, and maybe that's my crimson colored glasses speaking, but to me, it is set up very well for a wide receiver to come in and, and continue the, the trajectory of turning out first round picks. You look at what Oklahoma has coming back potentially next year, you know, their starting quarterback, Spencer Rattler a lot of their offensive line is pretty young and still could return. I mean, Creed Humphrey is expected to go into the NFL draft, but there's no guarantees of that until he actually declares. And like you said, aside from you know Theo Weiss, Marvin Mims, they don't really have much else that's going to be coming back uh, at the wide receiver position, or at least that's stepped up and proven that they are a frontline guy. And, you know, two, 24-7 sports is expecting him to go to uh, Ohio State at this point. Well, their quarterback's going off to the NFL next year. And so they're going to have some some quarterback questions. Now, obviously, he'll be, he'd be a freshman in 2021. He may not play right away. But you've also seen at Oklahoma that they're not afraid to play true freshmen at wide receiver. We saw it with CeeDee Lambs. We're seeing it, seeing it with Marvin Mims. And so this could be a guy that says, hey, look, there's an opportunity for me to play right away. I want to go to Oklahoma because I can get two, three years in and just really set myself up with a good pro profile as I look to the next level. Uh, And he's going to have elite quarterback play throwing to him, whether he starts playing in 2021 or 2022, 2023, because, you know, they got Spencer Rattler for who knows how many of the next few years. And they got Caleb Williams after that. And so the quarterback position is just really set up. Well, that's if I'm a wide receiver, I'm looking for the best quarterback situation I can find because I can't show my, I can't showcase myself for the next level unless I've got a guy that can throw the ball to me on target and on time. And not, it's not all about the next level. You also want to win football games. And that's, I think why Ohio state's still so highly thought of in this conversation, even though they'll be losing Justin Fields. But Oklahoma is going to win a lot of football games as well. They're going to be in the conversation for the national championship every single year. And the other guy we want to talk about real quick, and he's not somebody that's necessarily been on Oklahoma's radar, uh, but he's a de- he just decommitted from Tennessee, and that's five-star linebacker Terrence Lewis. And the thing that's notable about this is as soon as he decommitted, Caleb Williams is on Twitter saying, hey, how about OU? 
And I think that's the uh, the thing that we've talked about a lot on the show already is the the greatness of having your your top recruit for a future class really out there doing the recruiting legwork for you in, in this in this weird season in which he's not getting the opportunity to play college or to play high school football because of the COVID restrictions in his state, but he's he's not sitting idly by and not participating in football. He's he's participating. He's active. He's trying to recruit these guys to come join him and play in Norman. And that to me, that's absolutely phenomenal. It's fantastic. I just, I love these stories. Every time I hear another Caleb Williams story, I just love it. And so who knows what that means and how it's going to all play out in the recruiting uh, part of the the world. But these guys know each other and they like, they like to talk to one another and who knows they, you know, Terrence Lewis can get a, a text message from Caleb Williams and he can be like, Oh, maybe I will consider OU. You know, how, how, how important, I, mean, I guess I don't want to say how important, but does that have an impact? Like, you know, all these top recruits, they play in the all American games and they, they know each other because they're all on these lists and they end up, you know, connecting somehow or another, but does it play a factor when, you know, the top quarterback recruit, the number one recruit in all of high school football is reaching out to you and say, Hey, why don't you come play with us? Absolutely. It has an effect. And Caleb Williams is quickly becoming the people's champion <laughs> at Oklahoma because, right. you know, there's going to be a quarterback battle next year. And he has, without playing it down, without taking a snap on campus, he has endeared himself to Sooner Nation by his love, his outward affection for the program, his enthusiasm, his passion mm-hmm. that, I mean, I don't know how to quantify it, John, because I haven't seen anything like it before. I've seen players, you know, try to try to, you know, maybe get a high school teammate or somebody within their city to come, you know, come join them, somebody that they've known for years personally. But this cross brand, cross networking through social media, through you know, hosting a Sooner Summit and putting that together. I mean, just the things that he's done, the, the moving to Norman. I mean, you would think, John, that Caleb Williams like is like a fourth generation Sooner. That, like his great-grandparents were Sooners. He, you know, he just was listened to Boomer Sooner in the crib. I mean, that's what that's what that's what it comes across like. And and I think what that shows though is that that there's buy-in and there's enthusiasm and and that is infectious. And mm-hmm. when you are an elite player, you want to play with other elite players and you want to know that the, the elite players that are going to that program are excited about it. Mm-hmm. And there's not a player in America that could possibly be more enthusiastic, passionate, excited, and proactive in recruiting as Caleb Williams is for Oklahoma. So yeah, I don't think you can quantify that. I, I think, and I hope that some of these 2022 commits are seeing what Caleb is doing and saying, hey, what if we pick up that baton whenever he's, you know, a freshman and he's going through the grind? He can't do it like he's doing it now, but I can because I'm not, I'm not on campus. I, and they don't have to tell me to do anything. They can't, the coaches can't tell me and ask me to do all this stuff, but I can be proactive and I can make the 2022 class great. Well, then all of a sudden you start having these other, other commits see that the 2023 class follows suit. And it could all start with Caleb Williams. And someday, four or five years from now, we can look back and say, man, Caleb Williams, like the OG of proactive recruiting for an incoming freshman to say, I'm the man in this class, but I don't just want to be the man. I don't want to be the big fish in a small pond. I want as many big fish in this pond as I can possibly get because it's going to elevate all of us, right? Mm -hmm. The high tide raises all ships. 
Yep. And so to get that defensive side of the football, for him to reach out to that five-star linebacker, that's a that's a boss move because Caleb Williams will be a national champion if he has a great defense. You know, and if he has the defense that that Baker and Kyler and Jalen had, then he'll be another great quarterback that might win a Heisman. But, you know, it, we'll be asking ourselves, what if? So if he can take care of that what if and help answer that on his own by getting proactive in recruiting, then he's going to do it. He's shown he's going to do it, and he's backing it up. And like I said, when it comes to that quarterback battle, we're going to have a season of Spencer Rattler, and we might have a Big 12 champion Spencer Rattler. We might have a bowl winner, a possibly a playoff quarterback in Spencer Rattler. But you're going to have him going up against somebody that Sooner fans are very fond of because uh, he's he's loving the program right now, and it's fun to see. That energy is infectious, and I think that's the same energy you get out of Lincoln Riley. You know, on, Lincoln might be a little bit more understated on social media with like the big eye emojis or you know just the red O emoji or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's that same kind of energy and, and uh, just desire to to find as many talented players as possible. And you know, Lincoln and the recruiting staff at OU have done a magnificent job and. Like you said, it's just amazing that this guy is kind of taking it upon himself to kind of be that for the program, even when he's not even yet on campus. And, you know, I think you're right. I think it is going to be infectious. I think players are going to see this and say, I want to be like Caleb. And that that energy, like you said, is infectious. That enthusiasm is infectious. And so it'll be exciting to see how it plays out over the next few years because everybody's already gravitating toward this guy. And how much more is that going to happen once he gets on campus full-time and he's around his teammates full-time and things like that. But coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to talk bowl projections. That was one thing I wanted to talk about today, but I couldn't remember it when we were doing our show prep. So we'll talk about bowl projections tomorrow because I really want to get into that. And hopefully I'll remember what I want to talk about tomorrow. But anyway, so that's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked On Sooners podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you listening and interacting with us on Twitter, on Facebook. We love you guys and we appreciate you so much. Uh, For David Walker, I'm John Williams. Boomer. Sooner.